you'd turn with me to Revelation chapter number 17, Revelation chapter 17, we're going to continue our series on end time prophecy this morning. Now, this is going to be a two-part message. I'm not going to be able to finish just because of the amount of, of information that we're going to talk about. Today's we're going to talk about the false church. And really, I could take a month of Sundays to talk about this subject on the false, uh, false church. And we are seeing today, we're seeing that, that false church begin to develop even before our eyes. People are no longer concerned about doctrine. There's other things that they look forward to in church. Matter of fact, the church could change doctrine and it not offend people because people are not being grounded in doctrine. And so we, uh, we're going to look at the, the uh, false church here today. One of the things we're doing on Wednesday evenings, we, are, uh, we have classes that you can take during a Wednesday evening service. One of the classes is found, called Foundations, and that class specifically is about helping a Christian uh, know what they believe and why they believe it and where they can find it in the Word of God. Now, first, we must believe this. We must believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Do you believe that this morning? Would you say Amen. If you don't believe the Bible is the word of God, then whatever is in the Bible, uh, you won't believe it's truth. A person must understand and accept that by faith. And so we look to the word of God, we look to the Bible to find what truth is. And the Bible talks much about the false church. And we're going to see today this false church as it, as it relates to end time uh, prophecy here out of Revelation chapter number 17. And so if you'll follow along with me, we'll be in several different passages of scripture. And, uh, but our main focus is going to be the 17th chapter of Revelation. And um, I wanna give you a verse just by way of introduction. The Bible says this, and when we had, he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. It was in Antioch, those that were so visibly transformed by their faith in Christ that they were labeled the name Christian. And so there was the first generation believers of Christ. They were going around this world. They were preaching that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has come. They were preaching the gospel message. And the gospel message is this, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they're preaching this truth to a world that's never heard this before. And the, the Jews were waiting for the Messiah, but the Bible says they rejected Christ as Messiah. In the Gentile world, they were full of pagan worship and, and religion. That This was new to them to hear this Jesus Christ. And so the apostles, the disciples were traveling around the world and they were preaching and they were called Christians or followers of Christ. And that Christian, that the belief system in Christianity is as I said, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a very narrow way. Religion may have you say that you must do something to be saved or whatever you believe is, is, is okay uh, for eternal life or for heaven, but Christianity, truth, the Bible says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus saying this. And so Christianity is preaching that there is a way to be redeemed back to God. And that way 
is through Jesus Christ. But over the years, many have attempted to pervert this simple gospel. And they pervert this simple gospel with with man-made and man-exalting religious systems. It's maybe Jesus plus something. Maybe it's not even Jesus at all. Maybe it's Jesus plus good works or Jesus for what I can do. Salvation is Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. But religion, religion has caused this to be a man-made or man-exalting. Whenever man is exalted, then man then becomes desired to be worshipped. And we're going to see that here today, that this false church this false church during the time of the tribulation, you know, not, every, not everybody who uses the, the term Christian could be considered a Christian. That term Christian is used by many people around the world. And they're not followers of Jesus. They, they may just kind of use that term to describe, but they're not truly a Bible-believing Christian. You know, even in the early days of Christianity, the Apostle Jude, it was, it was important for Jude to warn believers of, of those who would distort the truth. And, and look with me in Jude uh, chapter number one, in, in the Bible says this, Beloved, when I came, gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He says this in verse four. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so even from the early church, there are warnings that were put out. The battle, this unseen battle has continually raged between truth and perversion. I believe this, that religion has sent many of people to hell because they're putting their faith in a religious system. This church cannot save a person. I cannot forgive a person of sins. Man cannot grant eternal life. Only God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a religion. Religion has, through the ages, it's perverted the truth. And in Revelation chapter number 17, it gives us a glimpse into the, the future as describing how this war uh, of spirituality and religion is going to culminate during the tribulation time. And there is going to be, religion is going to play a, a very big role in the tribulation, end time prophecy. In church, why do we say, I know several weeks ago we studied the rapture, and some of us might say this, why do, we, why do we care what's going to happen during the tribulation time? We're not going to be here. I talked to one of our church members this morning, and they said, what a great day it's going to be when, when Jesus calls us home. We're not going to be here any longer. But the reality is this, there's others that are going to be here. Why did we spend this past week at the fair and, and, and telling others about Jesus Christ? Because we desire for the world to know Jesus, and there's a command for us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. One of the saddest things that I think of is the fact that there's going to be people alive during the tribulation time. 
They're going to be deceived by this religion. They're going to be deceived by the Antichrist. The saddest thing of all is going to be this, that human beings are going to spend eternity in hell apart from God for all of eternity with no end. And we as Christians must do everything that we possibly can through God's strength to reach this world. I want you to see here in Revelation chapter 17, verse 5, the ultimate perversion of the truth is going to come in the form of an apostate church. This is going to be a powerful religious system. This is going to be globally accepted. And in Revelation chapter 17, this church is called a harlot. Look with me here, read this with me. And upon her forehead, in verse 5 of chapter 17, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. The, 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 the word of God here, John, as he's penning this, he's, he's, he's uh, fashioning this to a, a morally impure woman. It's with this great religion, this, this, this false church. This church is going to embrace many religious partners. They're, she's going to, to, the false church is, is going to sell her way into greater influence by accepting every denomination or every thought or every religion into hers. And church, I wanna, I wanna warn us today we need to be very careful. There is a, a movement that's happening in our world today that is trying to get all religions and all faiths together and just get along and just believe whatever you want to believe. It's unity that's more important than doctrine. It's tolerance that's more important than doctrine. But I want to say to you this morning that tolerance and unity is not more important than doctrine. If something or someone or some religion teaches something other than the name of Jesus Christ, then that is a false religion. And you cannot have, you cannot have unity when the foundation of it is false. You can't have tolerance when the foundation of it is false. And so we find that John is using penning these words, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth, compromised of a, a blended version of all world faiths. And she's going to be more concerned, this false church is going to be more concerned with power than with anything else. And throughout Revelation chapter number 17, this false church is reported, is represented by a woman in the end times government the end time government, the government, the Antichrist is going to set up, it's represented by this beast. And the woman is sitting on this beast. We read here in, in Revelation, this woman is sitting on this beast. In, in, the, in, the, in the picturing of the, the, ten, the, ten, uh, uh, the, the, the ten powers, the, the, the political powers, the economic powers, so this the religion is sitting upon this beast and they're united in deceiving this world. And what we're going to find happening, what we're going to see here today is, is the, the Antichrist and the false church coming together during the tribulation to deceive for power. And that's what Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to look today at the identification of a false church. Because I believe this, many are blinded 
They're blinded by loyalty without understanding of doctrine. If you were to ask the average person why they attend or why they believe that their church is the church for them to attend, most of them would probably not use doctrine as a reason. The Bible says this, so doctrine is so important. Matter of fact, the apostles that are writing in the word of God, they're telling us to be careful of those that begin to preach and teach false doctrine. Many look at churches and they're not looking at it from the view of doctrine. They're looking at it from something else. And we're going to find this, that in the end times, in the false church, and we're seeing it unfold right before our, t- before our eyes today, we're going to see that they are going to be deceived. They're going to be deceived and many, many are going to just follow right into this false church being deceived. In Revelation chapter number 17, it provides for us a description of this coming church. I want you to see first the identification of false church. Number one, it's a corrupt church. It's a corrupt church. The false church is a corrupt church. The church that's spoken of here in Revelation chapter 17, the one that the Antichrist and the world governments, as they're forming their power, they accept and allow this one world religion to come into existence and, and the two together have their power together during the tribulation time. It is a corrupt church. In Revelation chapter 17, verse number one, the Bible says this, and there came one of the seven angels which had seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, come hither. I will show, thee, show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with wine of her fornication. And the false church, it embraces a philosophy that replaces Christ. You see, the false church, this church that is coming to an existence here in Revelation chapter 17, it's not founded upon the truth of the gospel. It's not founded upon the truth of Jesus Christ. It's founded for power. It's corrupt. And she is the harlot in which she is engaging in this prostitution of truth, John is saying here in Revelation 17. I want you to see here in verse number, verse number one, let me go back here. In verse, in, verse, uh, in verse one here, uh, we find this. And I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. And in verse number two of this same chapter, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So the kings here, those that are rising, those 10 horns that we looked at several weeks ago, those kings that are, that uh, uh, the Antichrist is, is ruling and setting up this one world government, they are going to align themselves with this religion. And the Bible says, and the inhabitants of the earth have made drunk with the wine of her fornication, meaning this, they're going to believe anything that they're given. Now, church, I want to warn you. I want to warn you of this because I believe everything that we're reading, the end times, it's all happening right before us. It's right before us. I've used, as we, in weeks uh, previous, I've used uh, information and showed you things that were happening in today's world that just seems like the, that Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. 
The other thing that's happening right now, we're finding, and, and this is why it's going to take me a, a, a two weeks to really unfold these. I want to, I want to show you some things uh, specifically in the next week that are showing us that leaders, religious leaders of this world are pushing and promoting today for unity doing everything they can to, to get us. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, it doesn't matter your belief system. There is leaders of all of these religions that are pushing and trying to get all of us, all the world religions to come together. We find this is happening and I want to warn our church because there is false teaching out there. There's a movement to get all religions and all faiths to come together for the good of what? Humanity. And listen to me, for the good of humanity, if a human being dies without Jesus Christ, then that human is going to spend eternity in the lake of fire without Jesus Christ. And so coming together so that that person has unity here upon this earth, unity without Jesus Christ is going to send someone to hell. We need to be careful of that, that we not be drawn into that. We need to be careful of that. What we must do, what the command that we are called to do as Christians is to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to preach that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And for some, they say that is very narrow-minded, but that is the way. The Bible says it. We must stand upon that. And it would be wrong. It would be sinful, I believe, for a church that is grounded upon the principles of the word of God in the gospel to align themselves with a church that is teaching false doctrine. Teaching someone that there's another way to heaven besides Jesus Christ. Teaching someone that good works is what's going to merit salvation. There was one I was talking to this just past week. And I asked that person a question. I asked many a people throughout a week. If you were to die, would you spend eternity in heaven? Do you know that for sure? And many people say this, I hope so. And a common answer to that is when you say you hope so, what are you hoping that? What are you putting that based on? In the majority of the time I get the answer, I'm doing whatever I can good here upon this earth. Where I hope, I hope when I stand before God, God sees what I've done. And I've said this to many people, I said to this fellow this past week, if that's what you're relying upon, then I have had sad news for you. If God looks at you and he's going to, he's going to merit salvation to you based upon what you've done, you're going to fail every single time. But there's a religion, there is a movement that is trying to get all churches to embrace a philosophy that replaces Jesus Christ. The harlotry is, is in, in which she is engaged is the prostitution of the church. The prophet Isaiah used similar wording to describe the, the spiritual uh, defection of Jerusalem in Isaiah chapter number one, verse number 21. Look here what Isaiah writes. He writes this, how is the faithful city become a harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murders. Isaiah is saying to the people of God, how, how could you become a harlot? 
How could you become, become believing something that is not true? In this church will be a composite of all religions. The church described in Revelation chapter 17 is going to be uh, uh, described of all religions forming this hybrid belief system, pretty much being this, whatever you want to believe you can as long as you worship the Antichrist and bow to the Antichrist. Her cry is going to be tolerance and she's going to seek unity at any cost. And it isn't ironic that that's what we're hearing in our world today, tolerance and unity at any cost. But isn't it amazing the tolerance that's being screamed aloud and the unity that's being screamed aloud is tolerance and unity as long as you believe what I believe? That tolerance and unity is not for Christians that believe in the name of Jesus Christ, that they are accepted. Those that believe in the name of Jesus, those that stand upon the Bible, those that stand upon the principles of God's words, those that believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, they are seen as narrow-minded. They are seen in a negative way in this world. And so tolerance comes as long as you believe what I believe. We find this to be true as well, the identification of the false church. It's not only a corrupt church, it's also a compromising church. It's also a compromising church. In Revelation chapter 17, we saw verses one and two. I wanna bring your attention to verse number three. The Bible says this, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, this is John. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and 10 horns. In verse number four, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet uh, color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. You see, this worldwide following of this church, this false church, it's gonna be drawn by her compromising. Compromising. She will be willing to ride the government. Here's the false church is going to be willing to align herself with a government in aligning herself with these 10 main political powers here in this world. I want to show you something that I thought was very interesting. I was doing some studying and I did some traveling. I was on a missions trip to, uh, uh, in Europe uh, several years ago. And I, everywhere I go, I keep coins and I keep money. I thought it was interesting, uh, uh, the euro that uh, when I was in Europe, and so I, I kept several of their coins and several of their, their uh, uh, bills, but they use a lot of coins. And the coin I put here is a euro. It's two euros. It's, it's, uh, um, would be like a, a $2 uh, coin for us. It's a two euro coin. I didn't even realize this until this past week I was studying and I wanted to pull out this money that I had and I began to look over this money and there's 10, 10 powers, these 10, 10 uh, 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 horns that we read of in, in earlier weeks. They're going to re form this, this revived Roman Empire. And I believe this, we're already seeing this revived Roman Empire come forth out of the European Union. And this was on the backside. If you have a euro, this is... Something that I thought was interesting. On the back side of the two euro coin is a woman riding on a beast. How many of you have seen this before? 
I mean, that's the first time you saw this coin. We believe this, that the revised Roman Empire is going to be the, we're seeing it formed out of the European Union. The coin the European Union is putting out is a woman riding the beast. Isn't it interesting? The woman representing false religion, the beast representing a political system. The government, the European Union that puts out this coin is the same body that wants to elect a president to rule the European Union. It's the same group of the European Union, the same group that has put sanctions against, Europe, uh, against Israel, telling Israel that she ought to give up her land for peace. And we find here, right before our eyes, I believe this church, it's happening. It's coming in right before us. False doctrine is coming before us. There's a great movement in religion saying compromise for the sake of tolerance, for the sake of unity. We want to get along. And if you do that, then you cannot proclaim Jesus as the only way. And now their monetary system describes it exactly as we read in Revelation chapter number 17, the woman riding the beast. The beast upon which the woman rides in Revelation 17, the Bible says, is full of blasphemy. Look with me in Revelation 17, 7. The Bible says this, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carrieth her. Let me read Revelation 17, 7 again for you. And the angel saith, said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carrieth her, with have seven heads and ten horns. Right before our eyes, the Antichrist and this false prophet, they're going to work together to advance the worship of the Antichrist. Let me say this again. False religion, this false church, in the Antichrist are going to work together to advance the worship of the Antichrist. How can there be where everyone gets along? How could it be where everyone would agree that there could be a one world economic system, a one world global economy? How could, how could all the nations of the world, how could they surrender their sovereignty? And they're doing it today in the name of peace and economic advancement. All the members of the European Union, what they're doing is giving up their sovereignty and they're allowing that union to dictate trade and they've given up their currency. One of the things that we're seeing right here, you can watch it on the news, you can see that you have free travel within country. Now that was unheard of at one time. Now, within our United States, we have free travel. We could go from here, and some of you drove from Michigan to church here in Ohio, and some of you will drive back, and others of you may travel this week, and you can get on an airplane, you can get in a vehicle, and you can drive within any of the 50 states here in this country and not have to prove your citizenship. You're free to travel. 
That's because we as 50 states make up one nation, one sovereign nation. But if you were to go into the European Union, you can drive in from state or from, from nation to nation and have free travel. You can drive from nation to nation and use the same currency. Now you can drive from nation to nation and there's economic laws and trade agreements that they all have and what they're looking like is one group coming together. And now what we're seeing is this. The same is true with religion. Religions of the world are saying this, let's get together. And the whole purpose is to come together with alignment of the Antichrist so that the world worships the Antichrist. I want you to read with me in Revelation chapter 13, verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wounded by the sword and did live. We saw this verse last week. And so through deception, the whole purpose of this false religion, this false church, they're going to come together and, and the Antichrist is going to be worshipped. The image is going to be made where the Antichrist runs the world economy and he's the one to be worshipped in world religion as well. Now, how is that going to happen? How is it going to happen? Because many of us, we sit here and we think to ourselves, how could everyone be deceived by this? In what ways will the false religion of this world integrate? I want you to see this. Number one, it's going to integrate through idolatry. The Bible tells us through idolatry. In Revelation 17, 5, in verse number 5 of chapter 17, notice the names written on the woman's forehead. Mystery, Babylon, the great, uh, the mother of harlots, the abomination of the earth. Nearly one-eighth, if you were to study the book of Revelation, nearly one-eighth of Revelation is, is, is devoted to the study of Babylon. Now, just to go back and give us an understanding of, of Babel, the Bible says in Genesis uh, uh, chapter number 11, verses 3 and 4, and they said one to another, go to us, let's, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. God desired them to be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole, the whole earth. God desired them, he said, after the, uh, uh, the, after the flood to be fruitful and multiply. His whole goal was to scatter the human race upon the earth and the human race to worship him. Here, here in Genesis chapter 11, in the Tower of Babel, we read the account here, and it goes on to say this in verse 5 and 6, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from heaven which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down. And there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. There was a man by the name of Nimrod, and his name means rebellion. Nimrod gathers all the people together, that, and, 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 he, and he forms this world religious system. He says this, let's build this tower. And this tower is going to reach heaven, and, and here we're going to make a name for ourselves. 
You see, everything he was doing there in Babel, he was saying that we, we, we as a people, let's come together. We as a people, let's worship. We as a people, let's see what great thing we can do. We as a people, let's form this religion so that we can worship. And the purpose of this was not so they could worship God. The purpose of this so that they could reach heaven and be like God. And we find this all the way back in Genesis. And this was called the Tower of Babel. It's going to be in this same Babylon here we find in Revelation chapter number 17, the ultimate goal of the Antichrist is going to be personally receive worship from the false church. And I want you to see here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number two, let's see what Paul reveals. Paul says this, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor uncleanliness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Look with me in verse number four. He, uh, he says, or I'm sorry, uh, Paul, Paul here is saying that what he preached, what he taught was not about himself, was not about promoting himself. What he taught was about God and in, 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 in worshiping the Lord. But what the Antichrist is going to teach, what the Antichrist is going to preach, what his demands are going to be is that people worship him in him only. You see, the whole thing is going to be built upon deception. Relentless in his demands for global worship. Revelation chapter 17 tells us the Antichrist is going to partner with this false church or this false religion in persecuting those who refuse to integrate. Look what the Bible says here in verse 6 of chapter 17. John writing says, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. You see, the false church and the false prophet in the Antichrist, they're going to be preaching tolerance. They're going to be teaching unity. People are going to believe this deception, this lie. And right in the middle, what they're going to do is begin to persecute all those who do not believe or bow and worship the Antichrist. You see, it's not about, it's not about, we find here in Revelation chapter 17, it's not truly about unity. It's not truly about tolerance. It's about worshiping the Antichrist. The Antichrist desires worship that belongs to God. The Antichrist, as we saw last week, is going to set himself up in the temple and declare himself as God. He's going to use deceit and he's going to use deception. He's going to use lies. The false church is going to partner with the false, uh, the religion is going to partner with the, with the Antichrist. And, and through that, they're going to set up an organization or a, 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 a treaty with Israel in and they're going to then cause Israel to get through this peace in three and a half years into this tribulation. They're going to go against Israel. They're going to go against those that are saved during the tribulation time. It is not going to be one of unity. It's not going to be one of tolerance. It is going to be one where the Bible says this, the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs. People are going to be killed that do not believe here in the Antichrist, according to Revelation chapter number six. And I want you to see something else. We not only see the integration of idolatry, we also see the integration politically. 
the Bible says this, the false church will seek political power. The world leaders are going to find themselves intermixed or intertwined with this religious body. According to verse number two of chapter 17, the Bible says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine for fornication. You know what they're looking for? A state church. A state church. You know, through history, through time, we've seen a state church. If you were to study history, you were to study, you would find where the state church is, kills those or, or, or persecutes those who do not believe in their religion. You know, it's interesting. This is what's going to take a lot of time. Today's message may be more so just introduction into next week's message. And next week, I want to really unfold the integration of theology, the integration of theology. How is this going to happen? It's going to happen through the integration of idolatry where they're going to worship the, the, the Antichrist. It's going to happen through the integration politically where those th kingdoms of this world are going to come together with this false church and they're going to, to align themselves, the, the woman and the beast, and, and they're going to make you worship and, and bow to the, to, the, to the Antichrist with a one world currency and one world power economically. And then we're going to find this, the integration of theology. Now, the truth is this, I could probably spend a couple weeks just on the integration of theology. But all of this is coming right before us. You know, church, I have spent much time over these last probably two months or so preparing and studying for this series. And my mind, my eyes have been exposed and opened to so many things. And this isn't these things of conspiracy theories and those sorts. These are things that are happening right now in our world and the Bible is saying this is going to happen. It's unfolding right before our eyes. I'm gonna show you next week where the Roman Catholic Church met with Muslim leaders for peace. I'm gonna show you next week. I'm going to show you next week where the rulers, the leaders of this world, meetings that they've had to have come together for peace. How many of you ever heard the, the, the name, the Dalai Lama? How many of you knew that he wrote a book just a few years ago about how all the world religions can come together in peace? How many of you knew that? I'm going to show you that book next week. I'm going to show you excerpts out of that book next week that's going to show us the integration of theology here in the last times.